feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, boy, has the fight against fentanyl been taken to a whole new level. What a tragic story of this little one-year-old boy, little Nicholas Felix Dominici. And now we are finding out this is the boy in the daycare in the Bronx who died. And authorities believe it was an overdose of fentanyl. Three other kids. Can you imagine a one-year-old precious little boy suddenly gets overdosed from fentanyl in a daycare? I don't know if there's a more horrible story out there. Just think about all of the repercussions of this. First of all, obviously, what the heck was fentanyl doing that kind of quantity or any sort of quantity Anywhere near a daycare or anywhere out in the loose, it is just deadly and it is toxic. What were the daycare owners doing or neighbors or whoever was responsible? We're going to get to that. Isn't this a sign of what a wide open porous border it is? This to me just epitomizes the dangers of an open border in our country. And the fact that last week, in one single day, 9,100 crossed the border into just the state of Arizona in one day. And now there is this migrant train that's coming up. I don't know if you saw the images, but boy, is that alarming. You see this huge train of migrants all cheering. They're in Texas, uh, or they're in Mexico on their way, it looks like, uh, to Texas. And what do you know? And I bet you every single one of them is going to get in and every single one of them will probably not get vetted. And we'll find out, you know, 20 years from now that they were the people that were on this train and they're sitting there cheering and chanting and shouting. And it reminds me so much of those huge caravans that we saw. Remember right before uh, 2016, there were those enormous caravans of people coming from other countries. And that's what this reminds me of, this long, long train that just seems to go on and on and on. And finally, you see the caboose there at the end. And they are en route to the United States because guess what? We have a big old neon flag. And, you know, you know, at United Nations, the General Assembly takes place this week. It is a zoo in New York City. But I've already talked to a number of other world leaders, and they've been like, what's going on with your country? And some of these are, you know, fairly liberal countries, and they're like, wait, 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 what, what's happening? What kind of a country has such a wide-open border? And even they see in New York City all the different migrants. They see a lot more crime. By the way, on the way to an event tonight where they were honoring Henry Kissinger, I saw like a brawl on the street. I mean, I'm seeing it's like, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, all these world leaders are going to this event. They're seeing this brawl right in front of me. It just kind of epitomizes the sign of the time. Welcome to New York City. And boy, have things gone downhill fast. And a lot of it, I think, epitomizes drugs. It epitomizes not screening migrants. It epitomizes just a whole combination of things. But boy, have we gone downhill. By the way, today in Chicago, 
the very first time they become the first state with no cash bail. How's that working out in Chicago with one of the highest crime rates in the country, especially for homicides and everything else? That's a solution. And Chicago actually had the audacity, the mayor there, to say, God, we're going to keep an eye and see what they're doing in New York because we can learn a lot of lessons in New York on how to deal with the migrants. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? What, overrun, cutting city services by 15%? And now there are several, quote, socialist leaders in New York that are actually suggesting there should be a tax just to be a tax on the migrants? That is an amazing thing. So what, the whole world should be punished because migrants are here? There should be less of what? Police stations? Less of fire stations? Less of all these things? And then let's also add a tax on top of that? At a time where people are fleeing New York in droves. You need to keep good people in New York and especially people who are hiring tons of people in New York. That's the way you keep the economy going. That's the way you keep the city going. You don't need to drive more people away from New York. And the migrant crisis and the crime crisis, all of these things are part and parcel. And sadly, here is this terrible news that just crossed a few minutes ago, that the fentanyl that killed this little one-year-old Nicholas at that daycare in the Bronx, apparently, according to officials, was stashed in a nap room where he slept. I mean, can you imagine... Have we come to this? Like, what is going on with our society that there's actually putting that somebody and their and their screwy frame of mind would ever think, first of all, to have fentanyl laying around or ever have access to fentanyl? That's the whole thing to begin with. But then you put it in a child's nap room. Are you kidding me? This is unbelievable. And there are, of course, three other very young kids that are also very, very sick. And when they get better, and we pray they get better, you can bet they're going to have a lot of issues, a lot of psychological, a lot of physical issues, given what happened, of course, with the fentanyl. There's apparently a two-year-old boy. He's in critical condition, his eight-month-old sister. I mean, this is a mess. And this is just downright heartbreaking and just shameful. But it is a classic case of why you don't have open borders and why if somebody has drugs and somebody has fentanyl on them, you know, you have to give them the ultimate punishment. This to me, this is like this is like barbaric. How could you actually have fentanyl in a child's nap room at a daycare? There's also a report that one of the neighbors said it was an obvious drug front. The owner. Well, I was seeing the attorney of the owner from this daycare earlier said, oh, no, they were surprised. But if it's just hanging out there in a the nap room and apparently, according to police, they found like a kilo, basically a fentanyl, which could kill many, many people. And they also found like a press, like a, a drug press, like when you're kind of like creating the drugs. So this was a whole big factory. Somebody was using it there, clearly. And so much so that it was in a room where a child was napping. This is unconscionable. Here is Mayor Eric Adams talking about this heartbreaking story that the world is talking about. We just found that it was urgent and needed uh, that this story could not be just another day in our city. 
of four babies, four babies, and whomever is a parent, you had to see that picture of that young baby that lost his life to just reckless and careless and total disregard for those children. And here is his message also to any adult that's around fentanyl. you got to be kidding me. You are irresponsible as an adult if you have this inside your home. This is not the drugs of yesteryear. This is so dangerous. And just to think that we have to introduce into the lives of our children Narcan. You have to carry around Narcan. We probably saved the lives of three of those children because of Narcan. Can you imagine this day and age to have to say, okay, I got to carry Narcan around so I can protect kids in a daycare? Who would have ever thought we would have come to this excruciating, excruciating moment that encapsulates just so many of the problems? That are going on in this country, the drugs, the irresponsibility of of adults, uh, the open border, the list could go on and on and on. China. Hello. China is the one who's making the fentanyl. Then they're giving it to the cartels that are bringing it across our wide open southern border. So who do you blame for all of this? My heart breaks for the parents. Obviously, how sad for this little, beautiful, little one-year-old boy. You see his face. He's this adorable, little, sweet, smiley young guy. It's just, it is heartbreaking. Absolutely gut-wrenching. And here is the NYPD commissioner, Eddie Caban, talking about throwing the book at anybody who should have fentanyl. The dangers of fentanyl cannot be overstated. This poison is extremely deadly. And if you traffic in it, you will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Yeah, and thank goodness, so far, uh, they have arrested at least two people. They arrested the owner of the daycare, and also they arrested a neighbor. Uh, And again, nothing like a kilo of fentanyl, which who knows how many people that could kill. I'm going to try to find that out for you, but that's a huge amount. Uh, And also a kilo press a device that's obviously used to combine fentanyl with typically a heroin or a cocaine. Both of those things happen to be found in the apartment that was used by the daycare. The daycare just opened up a little bit ago. Apparently, it recently passed a surprise inspection. That's another thing. On September 6th, that wasn't that long ago. How did they get to pass a surprise inspection? And was there something that drove them? Was there a tip that somebody said, hey, maybe you want to, like, do a a surprise on this particular place because it's really, really troubling? And who tipped them off? Because if you're producing uh, fentanyl and you've got a kilo press, you're probably operating maybe 24-7 or at certain times. You would think maybe somebody in the neighborhood tipped them off and said, hey, uh, guess who's coming down? There might be a surprise in the next day or two. How could this exist? And then we have this neighbor who's saying that it was obvious that it was sort of a a drug location. It was obvious. How could you let this exist? How could anybody live in the neighborhood knowing that it was a drug location that then started to open up as a daycare, as a front 
if you will, obviously. You know, the daycare was just, can you imagine you're a parent, you drop off your child and you find out the location's really a drug den and your child is dead and there are three others that are clinging to life? This, to me, is a parent's worst nightmare. And I blame, again, our wide open southern border. Obviously, the drug dealers, too. But my goodness, this is unconscionable. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll take your calls when we come back. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I am heated tonight because I am furious that anybody in their right mind would ever have fentanyl laying around. It is so toxic. It is so potent. It is so unbelievably dangerous. Um, And I want to play uh, Cut 18. This is Dr. Mark Siegel, uh, of course, uh, the famous doctor that you see all the time. And he basically said that. The fentanyl is so toxic, it's so potent that you could give a child or somebody else Narcan and to try to, you know, save them from the overdose. But that may not be enough. Take a listen to how he describes just how dangerous this is. A kilo of this stuff was reportedly in the closet there in that daycare center and a one-year-old, you know, gets exposed to it and they stop breathing. And the big message here is, that fentanyl lasts a lot longer than the Narcan they give. And maybe by the time they even gave the antidote, it was too late. But you've you got to give it and give it and give it, because this fentanyl was originally developed as a cancer treatment for somebody with chronic pain. Mm. And then pre- pre- physicians were over-prescribing it, and then it, then it got to the cartels, and the rest is where we are right now. What a mess. Mm-hmm. I mean, over 100,000 drug yeah. deaths, most of them from fentanyl last year. And so who does the good doctor blame? Take a listen. This is a drug cartel story all the way. This is a porous border all the way. This is politics. This is acute pharmaceutical ingredients from China and India going to the cartels in Mexico who cobble this together in a 10-foot lab, leak it across the border, use children, teens. Yeah, there's a lot of blame to go around. Uh, But you could also say, hey, wait a minute, manufactured in China. China handing it over to the drug cartels. And then us with a wide open porous border just saying, come on in. Uh, this to me is unconscionable and epitomizes why we should never have a wide open border. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Phil. Line three. Phil, your thoughts. Hey, Phil. Sure. Hey, Phil. Good luck. Phil, Phil, come back. We'll we'll get you later, Phil. Phil thinks uh, that I call him late in the show, probably. Let's go to Pete. Line eight. Go ahead to Pete. Hi, Rita. For about three or four years, I've been doing rescues with Narcon. And I came across fentanyl about four times. And it's unbelievable. That stuff, if you get too close, i got to put gloves on. And everything, and I had. Now, what were you doing with Narcan near you, know. Pete? What were you doing with that near well, you? I got, I got, I got trained, and I took training. It was about three years ago. It was a program because I lost my 
close friend's son. He was uh, uh, 17. Oh, my and he goodness. Overdosed. Uh. And his mother was such a brave and father, brave people, that they put it in the obituary. Our son overdosed from fentanyl, which they were very brave to do because a lot of people that uh, ran across this always said, Oh, they died from something else, heart failure and stuff. They're very brave people, and they're very active with the prevention of, uh, you know, with people talking to kids and stuff. Bravo. And by the way, it is so important that kids and other people get, uh, understand it. Um, But how sad. I mean, talk about a different, you know, I'm sure, Pete, when you were growing up, when I was growing up, we never thought about fentanyl. We never thought about having Narcan. Um, I mean, there are so many things that this has just become such a complicated, tragic combination uh, that we're facing right now. Let's go to Alex in Brooklyn. Alex, your thoughts. You just heard from Pete, who said that uh, he's had Narcan because he had training. Yeah. You know, this is something that we've never seen before. We've never had this before. And it's all because of the open border. And even if you believe that we got to allow these people in here because we feel bad that they're going through, you know, bad situations in Mexico. We can't have 100,000 people die from fentanyl here in the United States and sacrifice all these lives of young and old people to allow these people in here. And, you know, under Trump, we had a we had an open border. He was trying to close it down. We had way less people coming across. But we didn't have a fentanyl problem. And the reason is because the way the fentanyl comes across the border comes in trucks. They have these hidden compartments in the trucks where they hide it. And so under Trump, the border security agents weren't so overwhelmed. Ah, I heard what you said. They weren't so overwhelmed. Sorry, we got a heartbreak there. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a very sad story coming from L.A. County where an L.A. County Sheriff's deputy has died after an ambush shooting that happened over the weekend. Authorities got reports of the shooting about 6 o'clock on Saturday, and it happened at an intersection. The deputy killed was identified as 30-year-old Ryan Klinkenbrummer. He joined the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department, Palmdale Station, in 2018, and he served as a field training officer for nearly two years. He had just gotten engaged four days prior to his death. And he also comes from a family filled with generations of Los Angeles Sheriff Department deputies, including his father and also his grandfather. He was found shot and unconscious inside his vehicle by a citizen. The shooting was an ambush involving a suspect vehicle driving past him in the opposite direction when they fired at him. He was on duty when the shooting took place and the officials at the sheriff department released a very, very sad uh, statement, of course, losing one of their own. And it said he embodied the values of bravery, selflessness, and an absolute commitment to service. Our deputy was a devoted family member, a cherished member of our community who was cowardly shot while working tirelessly to serve our community Our hearts absolutely go out to this family. What a sad, sad, tragic story. And, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with all of the officers that are out there and especially to those at the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department uh, today. What a difficult, difficult time. Well, we're talking about the tragic death of a one-year-old little boy 
um, and now details tonight that apparently the fentanyl that took his life and also sent three others uh, that are still in very, very serious condition, that apparently uh, it was stashed in a nap room and at the daycare. And there are people in the neighborhood who said, yeah, we knew it was sort of a front. I mean, can you imagine what they had all these kids coming in and it was used as, quote, a front, according to a number of people. And then, you know, uh, then they go, oh, surprise, surprise. There apparently was a surprise raid. Nothing was uncovered. Probably, obviously, somebody was tipped off. But boy, is this not just a sad, tragic, tragic story all the way around. And it is just, it's heartbreaking. It is gut-wrenching. And this is what Mayor Eric Adams had to say about it. What are we doing? What are we doing as a society to our children? This was probably one of the worst days I've had of going up to the Bronx, sitting down with those parents, losing their babies like this. They dropped the babies off to a daycare center, hoping that their children will be protected by the caregivers. And then speaking with the father yesterday, like, what do you say? What do you say? This is just total madness that we lost a child to this dangerous substance. It absolutely is. And here is also his message also to parents. We're not going to allow this incident to take place and ignore this as just another day and another tragedy in the city. It's not acceptable. And just about everyone up here, we're all parents. We're all parents. And you cannot be a parent and not be angry at what happened to those four babies. Yeah, you have to be outraged. You can't be a human without being absolutely outraged by what happened. So who do you blame? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Teddy. Uh, line seven. Teddy, your thoughts? Yeah, I totally agree with you one billion percent. This is an atrocity. This uh, I, I, words are hard for me to come by. Should I? I'm, I'm, let me ask you this question. With fentanyl, I'm not sure. The I think so, but I want to confirm it with you. You they ingested the the fentanyl by just being in the room. That means the fumes of the fentanyl got in their lungs. Yes, that's what we believe. And, and by the way, there have been cases, Teddy where um, cops who pulled over somebody with fentanyl, where they got very sick just by, again, you know, touching somebody who has fentanyl, breathing in the fumes of the powders loose. And apparently they were producing this at this daycare. I mean, that's the astounding thing. So it was probably laying around. I'm sure there was probably a lot of loose fentanyl. You would imagine if they had a kilo of fentanyl, which is a lot, and a kilo press. So they were making, it was like a drug factory, according to the authorities, so if that's the case, there was, a, you know, it's shocking. And apparently it was a nap room for the kids. Can you imagine, Teddy? I mean, this is like, it's just horrific. It, 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 it's worse than horrific. These people should be prosecuted 
and then they should be found guilty within an hour and then sent away for, oh, 40 to 50 years of their life. If not, I think this uh, qualifies for the death penalty. But unfortunately, in New York, I don't think we have it. So Yep, we don't. Uh, we don't. And, Ted, I agree with you. Actually, this is a rare moment. You and I agree, Ted. Um, and I'm glad to hear your voice, Ted. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go to Norm. Line two. Norm, your thoughts. My thoughts are, Rita, boo-hoo, Teddy. Boo-hoo. Um, uh, the reason why I say that is uh, your president has blood on his hands, Teddy, because your president uh, didn't say a squat to President Z, whose country where, all the, where this poison is produced. OK, and elections have consequences, Teddy. Um, a, uh, basically, you're basically, talking about the Chinese uh, leader because he hasn't done anything. You're right. Right. I mean, the, listen, our president is, uh, is basically has 100,000 Americans lives on his hands. He has 21 month old Nicholas Domenici's life, uh, life in his hands. And um, uh, basically, uh, I never heard of fentanyl four years ago. Um, the only thing I heard about fentanyl was about 30 years ago. I have a friend who was a nurse anesthetist, and fentanyl was a drug. But, of course, that was a different type of fentanyl that they used in anesthesia. Okay, Whatever this drug, uh, I mean, this is a poison produced by China to destroy America. And they're pretty damn successful with it. Um, I'm sure that if you do uh, fentanyl or any uh, possession of fentanyl in China, I'm sure they take you out and shoot you that day. So, um, you know, this is this is our just just like they gave us coronavirus. They're giving us they give us fentanyl. And now with the open border, uh, it enables um, them to kill us. And uh, and our president is not doing a damn thing. And that's uh, that's my thoughts. So, no, but you, know, you, know what, you know what, Norm? To Teddy. Hey, Norm, let me ask you, do you believe that there should be a death penalty for anybody with fentanyl? I have issues with the death penalty, but uh, it, it is it is conflicting. Listen, I certainly believe in uh, imprisonment with without any parole, and I certainly be, I certainly believe that uh, prison. I, I believe in the chain gangs, which we had in the fifties and sixties. So for me, prison would be such a horrible place that they'd never want to go back to it. Um, three meals a day, and that's uh, not much beyond that. Yeah, no, make it uh, uh, so unappealing that uh, they don't uh, look at it like, uh, you know, happy meals there. You know, I mean, I agree Correct. with you. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm also, you know, Norm, I'm who is it? Joe Arpaio, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, who I've had on the show a number of times. He's the guy who makes them go to a rock quarry and made the guys wear pink underwear. Remember, it was like and the ACLU went crazy. Uh, but there wasn't a lot of recidivism in his jail. So guess what? It, it was working, to your point. Uh, Norm, thank you very, very much. Uh, let's go to Larry, uh, line six. Larry, your thoughts. Yeah, hi, Rita. You hear me? Okay. Listen, uh, you know, I really think we're putting too much emphasis on this fentanyl. I don't think fentanyl is the primary issue. I think we don't have the guts to confront these people that were selling the fentanyl. They're not migrants. There's some kind of immigrants, quasi-citizens, uh, maybe green cards, purple cards. Yeah, we, by cards. the way, by the I way, mean, by the way, I actually don't even know. They may have been fully, you know, uh, they may not have anything to do with migrants, but they had fentanyl. And that's I don't care what they were. If, they, if somebody has fentanyl, it's terrible. 
No, but my point is this, Rita. Americans that have American values do not run daycares as fronts for drugs. They have values. You know what values means? That when you have little children there, you value the lives of these little children. You don't just see them as objects. That's what an American is. That's what a true-blooded American is. That's why we can't have these people sitting there looking at, with their backpacks and say, oh, welcome the new potential, uh, the new potential immigrants uh, of the next wave of immigrants of the 21st century. No, that's not how it works. We're a country with a very brief history and a very, and a very interesting history. We grew out of uh, the renaissance of European civilization. We weren't a, a, a land that just existed for thousands of years with Indians on it, okay? You have to have a certain amount of sophistication. That's why we're the, we were the number one country in, this, in the world. And the fact that people, there are people out there, ill will, people of ill will that want to change that, like Barack Obama, that's why we're getting fentanyl, because these are people that don't have American values. That, 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 and these people that are arrested, so you put them away for 40, 50 years. What, that's going to get the, the life of this child back? That's going to change the, 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 the fact that we're bringing in people without American values? That's just two people whose asses are going to be in prison. So that's what would you do? Be. Larry, I hear what you're saying, by the way, but they have to have something that's going to put the fear of God in them. This revolving door ain't it. And fentanyl, anybody okay. who is fentanyl, I mean, they. this is like unconscionable that you would have it. I agree. By the way, I think your point's a very good one. Uh, it is. So it's un-American. You're right. These are not American values, clearly, that these people have. I mean, it's sick. Anybody, you know, you know the headlines. You know how toxic it is. Um, you're obviously, they're probably, you know, well-protected when they're in their little kilo press and doing the drugs. And then they leave it in a nap room where kids are. Are you kidding me? Um, so, so I hear what you're saying. On the other hand, how do we change it? You tell me. What do we do uh, so this never to try to avoid so it doesn't happen again? God forbid. We have to go back to our roots. We have to start passing laws, immigration laws, uh, reverse the trend of immigration. We have to start going back to the same culture, importing the same cultural values from countries. That, that share genuine American values. That means we got to close the door on third world immigration, on legal, we got to narrow legal immigration to people who have certain talents that we can use. This was the, this is the old, oh, the old game, the way it used to be and everything. And maybe even quotas to reflect the way the, the, the racial, uh, the racial landscape of a different year of year of a year that's way gone by of an earlier epoch. I hear you. By the way, and you're right. Um, we do need to have those values of looking out for each other, caring about each other. Um, even you know, one of these. You know, I'd be curious. This sort of neighbor who's kind of coming out now, saying, "Well, uh, you know, everybody kind of knew it was a front. Everybody knew it was a front." So, I, I mean, if indeed that was the case, uh, who reported it to police? Is that what did that surprise search? Didn't, didn't somebody think maybe they need to have the police come back again? I mean, if, if it was such an obvious thing in the neighborhood, uh, who passed by there and was aware of it? Or were they too scared to report it for fear of what could happen to them? That's also a scary stuff. Who knows if it was gangs or, you know, uh, cartel related? I mean, that's scary stuff. Who knows? They, they were worried about retaliation. But step up. Who would ever in their right mind ever allow that uh, to transpire and say, oh, we, uh, we knew it was a front. Are you kidding me? And you didn't report it? Obviously, it's scary, but maybe there's some anonymous way to do it. 
Um, I mean, how could you live with yourself knowing that there were kids inside and indeed they were like pressing drugs, you know, and fentanyl? Uh, I mean, this is just it, it is mind blowing. Uh, let's go to Roberta in Staten Island. Line five, Roberta. Hi, reader. You know, when I was when I was in school, it was a long time ago. I learned that there are three branches of government. I don't understand why uh, the legislative or judicial branch can't override all these executive orders that Biden put in place, like opening the borders. I mean, it's like he's a dictator, and he does whatever he wants, but a pen and a paper like Obama did. Something has to be done about this. Yeah, but the problem is, you know, the problem is the numbers. Because the reality is also, Roberta, that you have to have the numbers to be able to override, A, any of these executive orders, and you've got to have at least some of the force on Capitol Hill. Right now, it's such a narrow margin in the House, and the Republicans don't have the Senate. So, you know, you just have the math. The math is not there unless, you know, maybe they can get something in the House, uh, but they barely would ink it out there. And they're fighting amongst their own. Look at all the new headlines of them fighting against uh, McCarthy for speaker over this, over that. Some of them are upset he is doing the impeachment inquiry. Some are upset he's not going right to impeachment. Uh, I mean, it's like uh, like the Republicans are fighting and uh, and it's very hard to to overcome because of that for that reason. But that's a great question, Roberta. You're right. Uh, because it is, it just seems so unbelievably insane. And it seems like all the Democrats just kind of go together and they keep voting, voting, voting for him. Uh, don't vote against it. And they seem to think it's okay to have an open border, uh, which to me is unconscionable. And this is case in point why it is so dangerous. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Everybody, you know how much I love the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. They do so much good for America's heroes. And I am thrilled to be a part of the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Walk Run. It is coming up on Sunday. I can't believe it. Sunday, September 24th, which is right around the corner. And all of us here at the Red Apple Audio Network are encouraging all of you great listeners to donate to our individual teams, all the proceeds go to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. They're tax deductible and, of course, help America's heroes and their families. So do whatever you can. I want to beat everybody here at Red Apple Audio Network and, most importantly, raise a lot of money for this incredible organization. It's for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com walk.ritacosbyonline.com. Click on my picture and you can donate. They are such an incredible organization and I am so honored to just see the incredible and powerful and life-changing work that they do. Uh, being able to give them mortgage-free homes and do so much else for America's heroes. It's the least we can do for those who have sacrificed so much. So let's raise some money, please, for our great veterans, our first responders, and our 9-11 victims. Walk.RitaCosbyOnline.com. Walk.RitaCosbyOnline.com. And click on my smiling picture there because I'm so happy to be a part and help the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Again, the walk is this Sunday, so you got to do it before Sunday. 
thank you so much for all you can do. We are talking about the situation at the border and what a mess it is and what a disaster it is. Who do you blame, and especially for what has just happened now, the unconscionable, a one-year-old little precious little boy? Suddenly, it turns out, and authorities are saying that fentanyl happened to be stashed in the nap room there at his daycare. By the way, this comes as Mayor Eric Adams over the weekend was saying it's going to cost a lot more than they even expected to take care of the migrants. And I'm talking about because the border is so wide open and that's where the fentanyl is coming through. Um, and he's saying that basically the cost now for housing the migrants, they've already spent $2 billion. They're projected to spend $5 billion for care and housing them. And he does believe at some point it's going to be $15 billion, 12 to 15 Wow, 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 wow. Who's paying for it? You and me. Anybody who lives in the New York area, every city across America is socking it to the taxpayers. And boy, we got to close this border because fentanyl is coming over and now killing our kids. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tony. Line two. Tony, your thoughts? Rita, so, you know, I was looking at this the situation at the daycare, and it really concerns me. It really, you see how vulnerable those children are. Now, we know there's there's Nicholas who's gone. You know, he'll never come back, the one-year-old. There's there's a few other children, I think, a two-year-old boy, and there's there's another another child. They don't name the other children. Yeah, there's, so an, there's a, me. I think there's two boys, and then there's the eight-month-old sister. Yeah, real quick, Tony, sorry. So what concerns me is that those children were administered that because it calms them down, Rita, and that's why it was deliberately given to them. Oh, that's an interesting point, uh, calms them down. And also, obviously, that is something that they hope will heal it, but fentanyl is so toxic, it does not. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Just in a little bit ago to the Rita Cosby Show, at the last hour, we were talking in our back the blue about the shooting of this officer who was killed ambush style, an L.A. County deputy, uh, you know, 30 years old, uh, had just been engaged a few days before and was found unconscious, suffering from gunshot wounds in his squad car in the Palmdale Sheriff's Station. Uh, or near the station at an intersection, very, very close by. It happened over the weekend. Well, the good news is uh, they have at least arrested somebody. It certainly doesn't make up for this horrible crime. Uh, Nothing could bring back uh, this amazing, amazing officer whose father and grandfather were also officers, uh, but they have arrested uh, somebody from that area, from Palmdale, California, has been arrested. It's a 29-year-old guy named Kevin Salazar, uh, and there was a standoff uh, with authorities for several hours, but luckily he has finally been arrested. 
and investigators believe that he is responsible for the ambush and killing for no apparent reason of an officer, a Los Angeles County officer. Uh, and, of course, the chief of police there described the attacker as an outright coward. Uh, I can think of a lot more of choice words to call him because it's absolutely disgusting what happened. Well, speaking of shameful, uh, this deal with Iran is a stunner. And starting tomorrow, there's going to be protests in New York over the Iranian president who's speaking. Uh, Risi, remember, the Raisi, they get to speak. Uh, the U.N. has everybody come. They've had uh, the good, the bad, the ugly over the years. And they're certainly going to have one of the ugly, which is the leading sponsor of state terrorism. And that is the new head of Tehran. Uh, and so that leader is going to be coming here. We've seen Ahmadinejad in the past come. But how ironic. This guy's coming on a sanctioned plane. He is a sanctioned leader, supposedly, by the United States. But yet he was given a visa by the United States to come to America to do his speech. And boy, uh, it'll be interesting to see what he says this week. Also, uh, tomorrow is a big day because tomorrow is the day where you will hear President Biden, President Zelensky is going to be speaking, uh, the president of Poland. There's a whole bunch of very, very key players. Tomorrow is a big, big day at the U.N. And, of course, we'll be talking about that uh, tomorrow night because we'll be watching those speeches very, very closely. But one thing that is shocking, I think so many people, is the fact that there was this basically uh, prisoner swap, if you will. And I, first off, I just want to say I am so happy that these Americans are home. There were five Americans that were released in exchange for five Iranians. Some of the Iranians had ties to, like, spying and other things. These five are believed to be just completely innocent individuals that were taken into custody there in Iran. I'm sure the prison in Iran, supposedly, uh, is not a great place. No surprise. It's a very, very dangerous place. So I'm glad that they are out and I'm glad that they're free. But it also came at the same time that we paid Tehran. We unfroze the money. Six billion dollars. That was in South Korean bank accounts. Six billion dollars. We just gave to the biggest sponsor of state terrorism around the world and the head of of Iran is going around saying, oh, we can just kind of do whatever we want. In fact, he was asked on NBC recently, what are you going to do with the money? Because you're only supposed to use it supposedly for humanitarian issues, for, you know, humanitarian relief, for food or medicine. Are you kidding me that they're going to be able to monitor it in Iran? They didn't. And this is at a time where they're beefing up their weaponry and their nuclear program. Uh, this, to me, I think, is a deal with the devil, and I think it's shameful, and I think it is one of the biggest mistakes that this administration has done. To be able to say, we're going to give you access now to $6 billion, with a B, dollars, and they continue to maintain, no, 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 it, it wasn't like ransom. We didn't pay off to get the hostages back, to get the five hostages back. We didn't do that. So what are you paying for? You got five guys in return. You gave them five, all right? So there's the switch. And obviously, these others are spies, too. So they are certainly somebody who's more wanted to Iran in terms of, you know, the the history or whatever. So you've got all of that. So why do you allow the fact that you also paid $6 billion or you unfroze the White House is claiming, oh, no, 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 you know, they're only going to use it again 
for these, you know, very, very nice, kind things. Is there anybody out there who actually believes that Iran is not going to use that money to fund for weaponry and other things? This is a dangerous, dangerous game. And what they basically did was put a price tag on every American's head around the world that they could be taken captive because the U.S. is going to unfreeze your assets, guys. They'll unfreeze billions. They'll pay billions, which is what, $1.5, billion per hostage? I mean, this is insane. Why would you ever do that? Why, why, why? This is dangerous territory And we have now opened the floodgates. That and then the pulling out of Afghanistan. We look so weak. We look so lame. And the world is watching. And here's Raisi. I mean, look at the timing of that. That happened on 9-11 when they announced the deal was struck. The guys got out today. I'm happy again that that happened. I think, of course, their family members are elated. But it's right around the time when, of course, the Iranian president is coming to the U.N. What a surprise. Do you think that that might have been timed? And boy, it couldn't be more salt in the wound to Americans. But here is John Kirby at the White House last week saying, this is not anything to do with moolah. I don't know what you're talking about. Listen to him. It's not ransom. These aren't U.S. taxpayer dollars. And we haven't lifted a single one of our sanctions on Iran. Iran will be getting no sanctions relief. Right. They're not getting any relief. But they're allowed to come over here and spew hatred to the world at the U.N., and you can bet everybody's going to be watching that. I'll be curious to see what he says. And there will be protesters all over the streets of New York leading efforts because this is coming at the anniversary where they're also having of the uprising. So, I I mean, oh, yeah, we're now we now put sanctions on Ahmadinejad. That's what they announced today. That's the former leader who wasn't planning on going anywhere. He's not even in power anyway. And now, boy, that's really ballsy of you, Mr. President, to go after, you know, the former leader of Iran. And the one that you currently have sanctioned is over about to do a speech right after you gave $6 billion that he now has access to. And there's no way he's not going to use it for nefarious purposes. It disgusts me. It is so So shocking. And anyway, we're going to be taking calls on that throughout the show, too, because I'm curious what you think. That is a just uh, to me. This has really put Americans in perilous positions across the globe. Well, speaking of perilous, our wide open southern border is a mess. And the White House actually has gone out there recently and said that Biden has done more than anyone on the border. Can you believe that? They repeated that. Biden's done any done more than anyone on the border. Is there anybody out there that actually believes that hogwash? That's just so untrue. It is. It's like, it, it, what is he on? Uh, whatever drugs he's on, he's doing something strong because he's clearly uh, hallucinating at best. And this comes as these images that we have seen Across now, uh, everyone's showing it. It is this huge train of migrants. It's being called the migrant train. And you see these migrants going on and on and on and on. They're on a 750-mile journey from Zacatecas, Mexico. It's uh, through the central Mexico City there. It's a Ferromex train, which is sort of the big train company there. And it's northbound. It is heading to the United States. And each cargo carriage, if you see the images, they're packed 
with these migrants cheering and clapping and whistling and shouting and saying how happy they are uh, and thrilled they are to be coming to the United States. Is there anybody out there that thinks that maybe they got some message that the border, according to President Biden, is secure? Uh, I don't think so. They're like spreading the word and chanting and cheering. It could not be more blatant. Here's a little bit uh, from the whistling Dixies on the migrant train headed to America. about being stopped by border agents. Nope, because we're not. Uh, Border agents are saying that crossings are at a record high, so they're not worried whatsoever. Come on in. They're chanting and cheering like a victory train. It reminds me again so much of what was going on in 2016 before President Trump took office. Remember, it was like these huge caravans that went on and on and on and on. And when you see them packed coming to a city near you, What a disaster this is. And here is Senator Bill Haggerty saying that this epitomizes the situation between us and Mexico. It's complete mayhem at the border. This is a humanitarian crisis that is all Joe Biden's doing. We've now apprehended under Joe Biden's watch over 170 different nationalities crossing our border illegally. We don't know who's in our country. It's a huge national security crisis as well. It certainly is. So who do you blame? And as we were also talking of this terrible case of a one-year-old little boy who overdosed on fentanyl, that's what authorities believe, and they believe it was at uh, a kind of a drug facility posing as a daycare, if you will, and it was in the section where the kids were napping. That's the new news. In their nap room, uh, there was a kilo of uh, fentanyl nearby. There were also... Uh, scales and presses because they were mixing it with heroin and cocaine. It is so toxic. This is just anybody who has this toxic around anywhere, first of all, is frightening. And let alone in a daycare, how sick do you have to be? And how concerned do we need to be about our southern border where most of the fentanyl is coming through, taking anywhere from 80 to 100,000 American lives every single year? one eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 one eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 let's go to b j line six go ahead b j hey Rita thanks for having me on you know all of this is connected the weak border uh is you know in in countries uh other than the United States they punish uh drug dealers with execution you know and that might be something that we need to take a look at seriously because what's happening now is you have a very deadly substance that goes far beyond the end user of drugs. Fentanyl, 80% of your paper money is tainted with uh, drugs. Anyone can get a contact uh, high from this stuff. And people, uh, you've had people on your show this evening that say, you know, they come in contact with it, it gets aerosolized. They're, they're going to have a very bad reaction, often a fatal reaction. So the, this is poisoning our culture, and it's literally killing our people. I, I think it's well over 100,000 fentanyl deaths in the past two years. Uh, and 
Here's what you don't do. You don't get up there and and scream that we have a problem and uh, it's not my problem. Well, if you're the mayor of a city that's allowing over 100,000 illegal immigrants in, uh, people that haven't been vetted, I think it is your problem. Uh, You know, you also have to deport all of these no good uh, drug dealers that have brought this into our country. Uh, bring the U.S. Army down at the border and militarize the border until and, and stop immigration until we can figure out who's coming in and who isn't. And and by the yeah. way, B.J., who's here? I mean, you know, you know what? I I I agree with you about sending the military. I think we should have done it a long time ago. But again, you have to have the president to have the will to do that or Congress. Yeah. And, and as you know, uh, at least the Senate side is very much controlled by the Democrats. And the House is narrowly by uh, the Republicans. But separate than that, think about how many have already come into the country. That's so it's so scary. Even if we plug the border tomorrow and boy, you're right, we got to plug it ASAP. And then we got to figure out where all these people are, somehow round them up, have them vetted, have them check, see who really qualifies. And I bet you it'll be a single percentage. You know, we're talking it'll be under 10 percent typically that actually really qualify for asylum in the United States. Don't you think? Oh, I think it's it's probably a lot less than that. These people have been coached to come in. They're being uh, coaxed in by these NGOs, these non for profits, Catholic charities. Uh, I'm not just picking on the Catholic charities, but there's other organizations that are getting paid to take care of them. That Your money is paying for this. Uh, we're paying for this. So, uh, yeah, the the, the vetting, uh, I mean, is, is you need this right away. But uh, this is a host of problems that are being created and inflicted on people. And no one is immune. I, I mean, you might think that you live in a nice, wonderful, upper middle class neighborhood. It, it, every, they're coming everywhere. They're going to find their way to your neighborhood. You know, you and your nice little uh, liberal upper Montclair community in New Jersey, all of these places, they're going to find their way to your neighborhood. There's no getting rid of them. And then what, then what are you going to do? It, it, it's really, really insanity. It is. Uh, it is. It is. is. is all self-inflicted. Yes, you're right. All self-inflicted. And also, I would love to see our president kind of hit hard against China. Where's that? One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And by the way, some new information just coming in as we were talking about this horrible story of the one-year-old boy at the daycare who died of opioid overdose. They believe it was fentanyl. Uh, Now it turns out, if the story can't get even more horrible, that the owner of this Bronx, New York daycare, where the boy died, called alleged drug accomplices before calling 911 for help. Uh, That looks really damning. Apparently, uh, when the one-year-old boy was discovered after inhaling fentanyl, which is so toxic. Apparently, she called two alleged accomplices in the covert drug operation. Uh, This is according to the New York Post. Uh, One of them was her husband, who apparently the Post says is on the lam right now. And a third person, before she actually dialed 911 for help, needless to say, minutes and seconds are precious with something like this when you have a child and an overdose. 
Uh, also, according to the Post, uh, police sources are telling them that the owner, this woman again, was also spotted on surveillance footage, suspiciously carrying out a large bag right before first responders arrived at the facility. Uh, could it have been that kilo press and all the other drugs and so forth? Boy, does this look horrible. She wasted apparently very precious minutes and instead was calling other people and then called the 911 to say there is something seriously wrong with these children. And she has no idea what it is. Uh, this just looks really, really bad after she, according to the Post, snuck out with all this stuff. The plot thickens, guys. one 800 848 Let's go to Jacqueline, line five. Jacqueline, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. You know, um, my thoughts have changed uh, based on the information that you just uh, provided because I wasn't aware of that. I had heard something on the news last night that I was going to talk about, but part of what I wanted to say was I think the way to uh, try to prevent something like this from happening again, I don't know much about it, but I think it's very easy for anyone to just open up a daycare center. I think the the way to kind of prevent this from happening again, there needs to be stricter rules and regs and criteria. It doesn't matter that this uh, so-called daycare center had just passed inspection. Um, it needs to be much, much stricter than what it is in order to safeguard, you know, vulnerable, innocent, precious children. You know, the thing, and I agree with you, by the way, Jacqueline, I, I'm sure investigators, when they were going there, I don't think they were thinking, God, maybe we're walking into a fentanyl lab. I mean, who would have ever thought that a daycare would actually slash be a front, according to a number of people, to a fentanyl lab and a drug producing factory. I, I mean, it's, it's stunning. It is absolutely stunning. This is the Rita Cosby show on the red apple podcast network. The Rita Cosby show presents support our heroes. And in tonight's support our hero segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby show, where we get to honor our great military and their families. A really powerful story coming from Colchester, Vermont, where the Vermont National Guard and Vermont State Guard paused today to honor ex-prisoners of war and service members who are still missing in action decades after serving their nation. It's an annual ceremony that takes place similar to events held throughout the country. And this one took place at Camp Johnson in Colchester, the solemn POW MIA Recognition Day ceremony happens annually and it happens in September. And at this year's gathering, the emotional highlight was the presence of three ex-prisoners of war who received standing ovations for risking so much in the service of the United States. One of them was 101-year-old Richard Hamilton, who's a native of Brattleboro, He was in a plane that was shot down over Germany in World War II, and he was held captive in a German prisoner camp for 10 long months. He said, we didn't see our flag while we were prisoners of war or any semblance of it. And that's our symbol of freedom here. When we see it flying, we know that we are free. So that's what I like about this celebration. Wow, what a really 
really powerful statement. Uh, by the way, Vermont National Guard leaders urge Vermonters to remember the more than 80,000 service members still unaccounted for from World War II, Korea, and also the Vietnam War. What a powerful number, 80,000 still missing or unaccounted for. Well, all of you know how much I love uh, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. And the walk run is coming up this Sunday, everybody. So I hope that you will join me to be a part of it and a very special part of it. The run is on Sunday, September 24th. And all of us here at the Red Apple Audio Network are encouraging our loyal listeners to donate to our individual teams. That's right. You can go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com and click on my picture to donate. Please help me raise the most money here at the station for the amazing Tunnel to Towers Foundation Walk Run. Let's never forget those that help America's heroes. And the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is near and dear to me. All of you know how much I love this organization. So let's raise some money, please, for our veterans, our first responders, and our 9-11 victims. Just go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com walk.ritacosbyonline.com and click on my picture. Well, I can't tell you, I am so disgusted to see that now, according to the New York Post and some other publications, boy, this is really damning, that the owner of the daycare where this one-year-old New York boy, Nicholas, died after inhaling what looks like fentanyl, And three other kids in serious condition, according to the Post, they're basically saying that it looks like this guy, uh, this woman who ran the facility, looks like maybe she had some fishy activity. And let me kind of walk you through um, some of the highlights here. According to some of these stories, it appears that the owner of this daycare that neighbors, at least one or two, seem to believe was posing as a drug location, they seem to be aware of it, so it didn't seem to be a big surprise. That's very troubling. Why didn't the neighbors report something? Maybe they did, and maybe police missed it when they did that random search recently of the location. But there are so many, like, warning signs here when you're hearing all the background and all the story and all the details. Uh, first off, some of the new stuff that we're hearing that when they discovered apparently this little boy uh, who was motionless and these others uh, who were in very, very bad condition, according to at least one report, the owner of the daycare didn't call 911 first. She called these alleged accomplices in the drug deals and the drug production. Also, we're hearing that there was a kilo of fentanyl back there. That's a lot of uh, fentanyl. And there was also a kilo press where they mix fentanyl with heroin and cocaine. Uh, So this sounds like it was like this big, big production. There's also stories that it was in the location where the kid was taking a nap and other kids were taking a nap in a, quote, nap room. What kind of a human being are you that you would put a drug location, a drug production location, and you put kids in the same building, that is unconscionable. That is subhuman. It is so horrible. Throw the book at these people. I'm glad to see 
that they are now charged with murder, and it looks like multiple other charges. Throw the book at them. Lock them up. They should never see the light of day. Anybody that would ever create a drug lab with fentanyl and have anyone else around, let alone young kids, is insane. And they are horrific. They are monsters. And we need to throw the book at them. We need the full force of the law behind them. And clearly, some of the actions that we're hearing now look really bad for the owner. And uh, boy, it sure looks like she knew something was up because there's also stories that she was carrying some big old bag outside before the police arrived. So what was she hiding? What was in the bag? Was it the kilo press? Was it the kilo of, of fentanyl? I mean, this is really serious stuff. We need to close the border. We need to throw the books at anybody who has fentanyl, especially around young children. There should be no gray. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to to Dave, Pennsylvania. Dave, your thoughts. Hi, Rhea. Thanks for calling. Hi, Rhea. Thanks for taking my call. You know, you mentioned a kilo. Uh, that's a thousand. That's a um, thousand gram. I mean, it's a gram, thousand milligrams. That's enough to kill two thousand people. Yeah. I, by uh, the way, I'm glad you figured it out. I was about to figure that out, Dave, and I'm so glad you did because that's all. It that is so toxic. Yeah, it is. And you know what's, what frustrates me, you know, Rita, is that as horrible as this is, you know. I keep bringing. I mentioned earlier on your show about the, you know, the Chinese financially affiliated news media, um, which are the media that have financial ties. The Federalist did a, a very detailed expose on these companies, like uh, ABC, owned by Walt Disney, and you know all the main ones that you can think of. The problem is they will never draw a connection to why we're having this, which is Democratic Party policies. And enabling this to continue to happen because people will continue to vote Democrat. You know, and I mean, it's horrific as it is. That's where the problem is going to start to be corrected when policy changes and people buy into understand what policies need to be implemented. Right now, there's many unaware people. I think of your friend Stan calls in and he still buys into the Democratic Party news media, even though he's hearing the arguments you make, which are very articulate and fact-based. And I know friends of mine that are clueless about this. They, they're outraged about the fentanyl, but they don't connect the dots, have an understanding why we're having this problem. Yeah, no, you know what? That's a great point because they're not putting it to their other saying, oh, this is terrible. It's horrible. Uh, but they're not saying, well, wait, wait, wait. Why is this suddenly, and especially in the last few years, uh, really steeping up? Uh, it is a terrific point, And I think the connection needs to be made so much more transparently. I think part of it is also, quite frankly, the Biden administration doesn't want to draw the parallels. You know, they they, they kind of go, he has barely mentioned fentanyl. I can only think of the president mentioning fentanyl like a handful of times. I don't even think that. I think it's been like two or three times because he knows the more he does it, the obvious thing is going to be, well, where is it coming from? Um, but you're right. Uh, we need to shout to the rooftops to explain where it's coming from so people truly truly do understand uh that's a great point let's go to michael in nutley uh, michael are you there thank you i know you've been holding on for a while i'm not sure if you're there are you there michael read a message to eric adams i blame for the death of this child i blame eric adams to the big man uh president biden because of the pro-crime catch and release 
public policies, these criminals have no fear of getting into the fentanyl drug business. Because they know if they get caught, it's most likely they're going to get released because they can't afford to pay the bail or something. But these, these Democrats truly, like someone said before, have a lot of blood on their hands. And another thing, this $12 billion that we're spending on the illegal aliens just alone in New York City, why do these Democrats love to financially demoralize the American taxpayers? New York City also has to pay for some tunnel, for, for some tunnel that connects New York City to, uh, to New Jersey that's going to cost $10 billion. But back to the criminal thing, Eric Adams, I know you're listening because you listen to WABC. This is your fault that this child is dead. And you know what's amazing? Innocent American New Yorkers are the ones that are getting hurt, but never these Democrat career politicians, family members, or themselves get hurt with these criminal policies that they release on the American public. And, and by the way, York, Michael, by the way, Michael, listen, and I certainly, and I, I hope you feel this way. I certainly don't want to see anybody hurt. It doesn't matter, you know, whether, but I agree your point that it needs to be an issue that we all care about and that we're all troubled by 1,000% needs to come out because it shouldn't be a partisan issue and it shouldn't be like, oh, we can't draw attention to this this horrible thing that is so toxic uh, that a child is is dying from it by being inhaled in a daycare. I mean, I never thought we'd ever, you know, cover a story like that. I mean, that to me is unconscionable and it needs to be an American issue, not just clearly, uh, you know, a Republican speaking out or a Democrat speaking out. I And Democrats do need to speak out, by the way. Where the heck are they? Uh, because even though you said, oh, it hasn't happened in the, I'm sure it has. If there's a hundred thousand deaths, I'm sure that there have been ones, uh, that are American, you know, that are Democrats or socialists, but we don't hear too much about them. Maybe they don't want to talk about them because they realize they're going to have to point the finger at a wide open border, uh, that their boss continues to have. So there, there are so many problems here. I 1000% agree with you, Michael. Thank you very, very much. And before we go tonight, I want to make sure we talk about also this hostage swap, because this is a huge deal. The five Americans actually made it home. Thank goodness. Uh, I'll tell you, I was happy when I saw them get off the plane in Doha, Qatar. Uh, these five Americans who were wrongfully imprisoned in Iran, which certainly wasn't a pretty situation. But not only did we make that trade with them five for five, some of them suspected of spying on the Iranian side. Uh, ours, just innocent individuals, Americans that were, you know, taken by them. We also allowed Tehran to get access to two to six billion dollars frozen assets, said we're only going to let you do it for humanitarian. But that is a bunch of hogwash. The leader of Iran who's going to be speaking very soon in U.N. He has basically said, too bad. I'm just going to do whatever the heck I want. Here is General Jack Keane's take on this because he said this just makes us look so soft, so weaselly with Iran that we would actually give them $6 billion for what? What are we doing? Are we trying to pay them off on something? What is the Biden administration? It was five hostages for five, and then the U.S. suddenly is allowing access to $6 billion with a B? There's something so unseemly about this. We need to find out what are they really getting for the $6 billion. What is the Biden administration doing paying the world's largest sponsor of terrorism? This is the state sponsor of terrorism, the biggest one in the world. They have their tentacles everywhere. 
and we're paying them six billion at the time where we're worried that they're on the brink of, you know, uh, of nukes. Are, are we nuts? Here is General Jack Keane commenting about that. We've seen two administrations took a different approach to Iran, and that is to try to appease them, to try to work diplomacy to establish a, a peace and stable Middle East. And I think that has failed miserably. The only thing the Iranians truly respect is resolve and strength. And here is former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo saying we have just put a price tag on every American around the world. This is a ransom payment of about $6 billion, so about a billion bucks. And while we're all happy when anybody who's in a place like Evan Prison gets home to their families, no one can have any feeling but joy, think about the next person that will be taken, right? The incentive system is now put in place. How sad and dangerous is that? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. That is what the Iranians will now have access to, thanks to this controversial, unbelievable deal that the Biden administration did. And I can't help but think about how it seems like the 2015 deal. Remember that whole thing with the Obama administration where they gave Iran access to funds that came? And remember, it like came in the middle of the night in pallets, and it was in, I think, like euros or something, because they couldn't say, we oh, we gave them U.S. money. So they changed it to, like, uh, I think it was in euros. I, this is just crazy. Why are several of our American administrations, Obama and now Biden, so soft with Iran? Why are they so desperate to try to get a deal with the devil if the devil is only going to be using that kind of funds and use it against Americans and others around the world. How does that seem logical? It seems insane. And yet that seems like what we have done because we did the hostage deal. And the timing of this, too, this comes as the guy, the leader of Iran, is about to spew hate in the U.N. General Assembly. That's going to happen very soon. There are going to be protests all over New York because there are so many groups that are outraged. It's the anniversary, of course, of the uprising. So you got that. You got that whole batch. And then this also was announced again on 9-11, on the 22nd anniversary of 9-11 last week. I mean, you just it's insane. Why would you ever do the timing of this? I understand why Iran would like it, but why would any American administration allow this? Why would any American administration have a wide open border? It, it, it is inconceivable. How is that helping American security? How is this deal helping American security? It ain't. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Sandra, line eight. Sandra, your thoughts. Oh, good evening, Rita. It is beyond me as to why the Biden administration would uh, take 
money, give money when they should have just exchanged five for five. So they give six billion. The next time it's going to be ten billion. It's only going to empower them to take more Americans from us in the future to make more money. And then tonight, I just want to say that um, Bob Levinson, who is hopefully still alive, he's been there for 16 years. His daughter was on CNN tonight, and she's so lovely. She's so humble, and she celebrates that these other five people came home. But the way they did it is a big problem. It's going to end up tempting them to take more of us in the future, and we have to pay Look, we were taught from Donald Trump and probably before that, you don't give money to a terrorist. That's it. I agree. And, uh, you know, I'm so glad you also talked about Bob Levinson because it has been so long. We don't know if he's alive or not because we haven't seen any recent proof of life. But why wasn't he part of the deal? Uh, Hopefully he's alive. And if so, bring him home or if not his remains, whatever it is. So the family has some resolution. Obviously, we want him alive and well. Uh, but why wasn't he part of the deal, especially if you're paying $6 billion and you don't get somebody like that out? That, to me, is unconscionable. I'm so glad you brought that up because that guy has been there for so long. And, and how uh, how incredible is his family, his sister, as you just said, to be able to go out there um, and talk about um, and, and celebrate these others who and we're all happy that those others came home. Thank goodness they came home. But um, it's it just we have opened the floodgates now for so many other hostage takings around the world. And we've sent a message to Iran that we're going to release six billion dollars. All you have to do is take a few Americans. That is not a good single uh, signal to say in any shape or form. Uh, Sandra, thank you very, very much. Uh, let's go to Rob. Uh, line two, Rob, your thoughts. Yes. Uh, good evening. Uh Always a pleasure to talk to you, and I must say, uh, let's find out what kind of Americans wind up going to Iran to put themselves in a situation like that where I mean, they can be kidnapped. All right, well, two, uh, hang on, two things, two things. Obviously, Rob, it is a dangerous place, but some of them were like pastors, you know, going over with their – it doesn't mean they deserve to be taken hostage, Rob. I mean, you sound like you're like uh, victim-blaming. That's not a good thing, you know? But contempt for Western civilization, they despise America, and there is no reason why any American – should go over there. Well, clearly it's a dangerous place. I agree, but I don't think they uh, deserve to be taken hostage. That, you know, I mean, we still should live in a civilized world. Unfortunately, we're not there in Iran. Uh, real quick, Mike, you got two seconds. I've had you on hold, Mike. Line three. Real quick, Mike. Real quick, $6 billion hostages. Iran, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, responsible for. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.